Yep, the XFL can get just as drunk as the NFL. Welcome to That's Good Sports. I'm Brandon. We made it through the first weekend of XFL football without any casualties per now. What I did not expect, what nobody expected, was how crazy the fans would be opening weekend. This dude at the Vipers-Guardians game wins for best use of American cheese at a football game. To do that with a craft single and not, say, sharp cheddar takes cojones. The same kind of cojones it takes to order a craft single at a massage parlor these days. It's just one finger when you order the craft single. When will I stop making Robert Kraft prostitution jokes? Probably when I'm dead. Today, though, I'm going to recap all four opening weekend XFL games in such a way that you never want to come back and watch another one of my videos again. The good news is, if you're rooting for a team that sucked this weekend, nobody will notice or care if you switch teams now. But you gotta do it now. Ooh. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Missed your chance to bet on the Super Bowl? Regretting it? Well, fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all of your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to retrieve your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Defenders defeat the Dragons 31 to 19, and this was legitimately an entertaining game, and it was a very strong start for the league. DC pulled away at the end, and Cardale Jones is now 12 and 0 as a starter, dating back to his time at Ohio State. Not to mention he stiff-armed a dude on third and ten to buy time to complete a pass and convert uh, the down. We also got to see some players we recognize, like Rashad Ross, who was a stud in the AAF and had a 103-yard kick return for the R-Words back in 2015. Ross had a touchdown later in this game, but the first AAF touchdown was scored by Austin Prohl, son of Ricky Prohl, famous for being that guy that scored a fourth-quarter game-tying touchdown in two separate Super Bowls against the Patriots before Adam Vinatieri kicked the game-winning field goal. We got some nice trickery out of this game as well, uh, like this double reverse and toss back to Cardale Jones who launched it down the field to Kari Lee. I repeat, a double reverse flip back, which is probably a move in the X Games as well, by the defenders to take a 19-13 lead. By the way, the defenders have a tackle named Boozer, who wears the number 69. Boozer, number 69. God, DC, between that and the redundancy of me having to say a DC defender defender, you are, you are trying pretty damn hard to become my favorite team. Former Bronco and Super Bowl dream destroyer Raheem, you can't have dreams anymore had an interception uh, in this game because now seven years later he decided to catch the fucking ball. And you know, keep the game in front of him. If Brandon Silvers ever gets arrested for possession of marijuana and soliciting a prostitute, I will have the 
Hi-Ho Silver's video up before any sports media outlet. Just like the DC Defenders fans were chanting MVP for Cardale Jones after he completed exactly two passes. Overall, this game was a big win for the XFL. It was hands down the best game of the weekend, and each game to follow just got a little bit worse. The presentation was clean, the crowd looked full with 17,000 fans in a 20,000 capacity stadium. The game was high scoring and easy to watch, and it averaged 3.3 million viewers peaking at four Milski. The Wildcats fall to the Roughnecks 37-17. Even if the XFL doesn't last, I think it will forever be remembered for providing the NFL with a viable-looking alternative to the kickoff that should cut down significantly on head injuries without getting rid of the play altogether. 91.4% of kickoffs were returned in the XFL, which is a significant jump from the 36% during the NFL season. It also takes a ton of pressure off the returner in terms of having to catch the fucking ball. Roughnecks returner had maybe the worst attempt at catching a kick I've seen since... Wes Wiggins ran away from the football in my peewee game in 94. The ball goes through his hands, bounces off his feet, shoots 12 yards forward before he regains control, and then cranks out the longest return the weekend. Roughnecks quarterback P.J. Walker opened the game with a 50-yard touchdown pass to Cam Phillips. P.J. Walker may be the best all-around QB in the league. He certainly looked the most polished. Uh, maybe the Wildcats' defense is just terrible. We really don't know yet, but I'd say he'll be tested more this weekend against the Battlehawks' defense. The Wildcats answered with a weird fucking accent. The Wildcats answered with a drive of their own after that opening score with quarterback Chad Knopf to Smallwood to finish it off. Exactly what I did before recording this episode. Knopf my Smallwood. In fact, it's not even called knoffing if it's with anything other than a small wood. But you know that. There are some people out there who are confused as to what the X in XFL stands for. There's a rumor that it stands for nothing, but true fans know it stands for extreme because the game is so sick. Literally sick. As players are puking all over the field. Hopefully that's not coronavirus and just too much corona the night before the game. That's Khalil Lewis, wide receiver from Cincinnati, who runs a 4-5-40. I can't remember the last guy I saw puke on the field that wasn't an out-of-shape offensive lineman. I reached out to Lewis on Twitter to get clarity as to why he puked, and he was kind enough to answer via a DM, and confirmed I can share his response here. The reason for the projectile vomiting was, and I quote, I ran down the field excited for my teammates touchdown screaming and yelling with a stomach full of Gatorade. I just chugged it at the beginning of the game for hydration and it came up and I kept moving on the next play. That also didn't stop him from catching one of Walker's four touchdown passes in this game. Thank you for the response, Khalil. I appreciate it. Now, from literally having rough necks due to vomiting, Houston used their rough dicks to intercept tipped balls in this game. This is a big dick catch, by the way, and just like how Native Americans used every part of the buffalo for survival, I respect players who use every part of the body to make a play. 
the Wildcats may have lost, but running back Elijah Hood made uh, XFL history, becoming the first player to hurdle a dude so hard that the tackler continued to try and wrap up the air after getting leaped over. You know, they go low, I go high. Wide receiver Nelson Spruce had a big game, becoming the first guy to notch 100 receiving yards in the XFL, and he did it on 11 receptions. Bill Belichick has already been quoted saying, Nelson is just like my favorite book, The Perfect Fifty Shades of White. Holy shit, Houston drops back, and quarterback fires a damn missile down there, son, and he catches that son of a this is NFL-type play right here. XFL, I did not expect this kind of play from the XFL. Holy shit, they got some quarterbacks in this league. Look at that damn kick. He goes up there and says, I got the grocery, son. I'm going to the house. And that's when I learned that even roughnecks have to go grocery shopping, too. The Guardians pummel the Vipers 23-3. The New York Guardians scored first after an impressive drive, chunking their way down the field, including a big play to Joe Horn Jr., who I noted in my XFL preview video. Matt McGloin capped off the opening series with a rushing tutty. The Vipers nearly matched with a touchdown of their own. They also put together a great drive, a balanced mix of runs and passes like a real football team, and a big third down conversion, only to see it squandered by Aaron Murray throwing an interception in the corner of the end zone. Murray played on a really bad Atlanta Legends team in the AAF, and even though he emerged as the best Legends quarterback, Murray struggled with picks in the Alliance. He finished with seven interceptions to just three touchdowns, a ratio not even Jameis Winston would be comfortable with. And in this game, Murray finished with two interceptions and zero touchdowns, proving Tampa Bay, regardless of the league, is just the least QB-friendly city anywhere. The Vipers had the most offensive yards this weekend with 394 and also scored the fewest points. A ton of yards, too many turnovers, and a Tampa Bay loss? Where the hell have we heard that before? And I swear to God, if Quentin Flowers doesn't get the start at quarterback next weekend, we Vipers fans, oh, we revolt. Mark Tressman put Flowers in the game after it was already over late in the fourth, and all he did was drop this dime down the left sideline. Plus, he's a self-proclaimed running back and quarterback, and the ninth king on Twitter. Put him in the fucking game and let him loose, Tressman. Get popcorn dick out of there. It's like, pull up in my groin, it's like oh, yeah. freaking popcorn. No offense, Murray, but you are holding flowers back, like a passive-aggressive boyfriend on Valentine's Day. Ricky Walker threw a punch and got ejected, the first this weekend. And now he's being forced by the league to change his name to Ricky Puncher. And now I mentioned in yesterday's episode that the officials were better. And nowhere was that more evident than on this play where the ref successfully ducked to get out of the way of the pass. The Guardians defense not only clamped down on the Vipers offense, holding them to just three points, but they had five sacks most of the weekend and those two red zone picks to go with it. Viper wide receiver Dan Williams is now the league's leading receiver with 123 yards on six catches. And my biggest takeaway from this game is that I still don't know if Matt McGloin is good enough for even the XFL. He had the fewest passing yards of any quarterback this weekend in a 20-point victory. Upset alert, the Battlehawks shocked the world and beat the Renegades 15-9. That's right, the Renegades were the biggest point favorites this weekend. I have no idea how any of these teams could have been heavily favored. 
Uh, providing point spreads for week one of an entirely new league is like trying to predict an earthquake or decipher why Joaquin Phoenix mentioned cows and milk in his Oscar accepted speech. But in their victory, St. Louis proved it should now be called the city of brotherly love. It's an honor to give my little brother yeah. his first win yeah. as a professional football player. As predicted by me, Matt Jones was the most productive running back this weekend with 85 rushing yards. Uh, the Battlehawks appear to have a pretty good offensive line, and quarterback uh, Jordan Tayamu finished as the third leading rusher in the league with 77 yards. That St. Louis defense also had four sacks in their debut, second only to the Guardians. The biggest surprise for me, though, was how well Jordan Tayamu played, completing 74% of his passes in addition to moving the ball with his legs. Dallas quarterback Philip Nelson was even more efficient, completing 79% of his passes, but did struggle in the red zone. And really, Dallas fell victim to the oldest cliche in football. You can't win games kicking field goals every time you get into the red zone. The Renegades were also 1 for 10 on third down and without starting quarterback Landry Jones, who may return next weekend. Taking away the bad snap, went right past Tamu, took his eyes off of it, finally finds it at 10, eludes the cameraman, and it's dropped. Eludes the cameraman. Now, if you watched my XFL preview episode, then you know I said Marquette King was the most exciting player on the Battlehawks roster. Maybe you thought I was being facetious, not to be confused with fascist. I wasn't. And I was proven correct when his absolutely perfect punt became one of the most talked about plays of the weekend on Twitter. Because it was ruined by special teamer Steve Baharinius. Baharinius who dove after the ball because he thought it had been touched, it hadn't, which resulted in a touchback ruining perfection. Now credit Steve Baharnius, because not only was he the king of the worst play in the game, he may have made one of the best plays as well. I don't know if it redeems him, but he really laid the wood on Marquise Young here, and then Baharnius his pelvis for all to see. While Young repents for his mistake of being tackled with push-ups. It looked like the plyometric workout routine on P90X. Uh, Jordan Tayamu may have been the quarterback who led the Battlehawks to victory, but it was backup Nick Fitzgerald and Taylor Hankey doing all of the celebrating after the game. Making Hanky the best backup to handle a beer since Mox on Varsity Blues. Fire that fucking pink skin! So, former Oklahoma coach Bob Stoops loses his first game in the XFL, probably because he had to draft his players instead of recruit them. Same reason we lost in Nam. I also found out that the Battlehawks led every other team in Twitter and Instagram followers, which proves once again that there's a direct correlation between followers and how successful you are in real life. That's what we really learned from the XFL this weekend. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here. I'll have an NFL news video up tomorrow with some XFL power rankings. 
That's right, nothing more exciting than power ranking shit with a very limited sample size. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna if you want to make me more popular than the Battlehawks. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. 